what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Brought to you by MSO TD Rocks for Rock and Metal Thrive. Wish you a happy Tuesday, everybody. It is November 3rd, and yes, in America, it is Election Day, but I know there's a bunch of stuff going on with every side kind of going after each other, but listen to this podcast because this is all about bringing everything together and about bringing rock and metal back to the forefront in the minds of the mainstream so we can all, you know, enjoy rock and metal again as the most prominent genre around. And this episode, I get to talk to Cassidy Paris. Now, who is Cassidy Paris, you might ask? She is a pop rock artist out of Melbourne, Australia. And if you guys listen to our Wicked Smile episode with Stevie, this is Stevie's daughter. So it was an incredibly fun conversation because we got to talk about many things regarding rock and metal, many things regarding uh, women in rock and metal and bringing you know those bands that have those incredible sounds even more up to the platform, like Hailstorm, like Ginger, and bringing up those smart bands as well, just kind of getting that inspiration going in order to get rock and metal back in the mainstream and come together as a community in order to make that happen. So please sit back and relax. This is a good one. So please welcome Cassidy Paris all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Are you ready? So let's go. Yeah. Hoo! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, you remember a couple of weeks, actually about a couple episodes back, we had Stevie from the band Wicked Smile on, and he was consistently promoting his daughter's music on there as well, and I thought, huh, let's go check it out and see what we think of it. And this is the first time ever that we're doing this. We literally had a dad on, and now we have a father and a daughter right after. It's a full family affair here on the Core Progression Podcast. So everyone, please welcome Cassidy Paris to the show. So Cassidy, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's my thanks, pleasure. Thanks for being on. And um, oddly enough, being in the exact same room that your dad was in when we did this. So this is literally just like deja vu for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having a, a cool conversation with you. So it's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, let's how, how about we just jump right into it. So I always start out with this and I always enjoy the answer. So I want to know is who you are, like your name, um, what you do, especially because I know you are the front woman for what you're doing. So I just want to know exactly what that all entails. And then I did this to your dad. I've done this to everybody else. I want to know a little fun fact about you, but I don't want to be just a little fun fact. I want to be the wackiest thing you can think of. So I've gotten, I've gotten some crazy stuff. I mean, your dad told me that he was a substitute teacher as well. I'm like, how did you get to be a teacher and a rock star? Like, that's awesome. So let's see if you can top that. So I'm Cassidy Paris from Melbourne, Australia, and I'm a female rocker. I have just released a new single like called uh, Like I Never Loved You, and I'm really, really excited about that. We have a, a new video out, and I'm working on a full-length album. The most strange thing about me, I'm actually going to throw in something controversial here. And I do throw this into a couple of interviews and I get mixed response, especially um, from like Americans. I love uh, pineapple on my pizza. And I know that's a bit of a controversial thing to say because I've had this conversation with my mates and they're like, no, it doesn't belong there. But others are like, that is the, it, it just belongs there. So I don't know about you, but. I love pineapple on my pizza. I live for it. <laughs> I'm definitely on the other side of that argument where I do not think pineapple should be anywhere near pizza. However, I've had this conversation many a times with my best friend because we lived together for a year and he's full on vegan. So like he'd get pizza, he'd get a bunch of vegetables on everything. Sometimes you just get pineapple pizza. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And we just would go That's back and pineapple? forth about pineapple on pizza. Oh my God. That's mad. I've never had like just pineapple, but 
on in Australia, I know it's a bit different in America. You have like the traditional like cheese and I think it's like hot salami. I don't know if it's called pepperoni. It's called pepperoni there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I go over to the States, I love that. Like I've been over to and to New York and that and Chicago and they make some of the most kick-ass pizzas I've ever had in my life. But Australia, they just like whack a whole bunch of different ingredients on there and I love it, but some people hate it. <laughs> like, like I understand, like wet, like throwing a whole bunch of ingredients on there. Cause uh, last weekend I was hanging out with with four of my other friends. We were having a poker night at one of my bro- uh, buddy's houses, and like it was like eleven at night. We're like, dude, we need some food, so we just ordered some pizzas. And my, cause one of my buddies is vegan, he's like, can we order them without meat? I'm like, how about we just order two deluxes? Let's just leave the meat off it. So there was just all these different kind, like mushrooms on there, peppers, uh, onions, like any kind of vegetable you could think of. Like they threw it on there, just kept off the meat, and it was. I mean, when it, when it gets there at like 1130 at night and you haven't eaten since like 4, 430 in the good. afternoon, it <laughs> tastes really good. However, I'm more partial to the keeping it simple where it's if I'm going to get a pizza, I want just put the cheese on there, load it up with pepperoni, and I'm going to stick with that. But if I had to pick between New York style pizza and Chicago style pizza, I've got to go Chicago. I'm a lot closer there. I live an hour and a half north from Chicago, and the deep dish pizza for me is the way to go. Well, here's a funny story. The first time we came to Chicago, my dad was gigging there and um, we had no idea. My family had no idea that they had those like traditional deep dish pizzas. And I remember my mom going to order a pizza and she was like, oh, we got a pie. And I was like, wait, no, that is a pizza. And then we Googled it and it was like, I know I sound completely uncultured saying this. We Googled it and it was like the traditional Chicago pizza. Best thing we ever did. It was delicious. Oh, easily. I remember a couple of years ago, the girl I was dating at the time, her and I were down in Chicago. I was like, okay, where are we going to go to eat? And she's like, well, we're going to go to Giordano's, even though it's more of like a chain kind of style <laughs> restaurant, but it's for, like specific for Chicago, but they just do deep dish pizza. And I'm like, well, they're doing deep dish pizza. Hell yeah, we're going to go. Got there, yeah. got this like, got like the smallest one you could get. And I think we took half of it home because yeah. we, it was just, it you was like, three or four, it was like three or four inches thick. And I'm just like, oh, oh yes. It's the best thing ever. And I think Giordano's, did you say? Yeah, that Giordano's. Was, that was place. And we always go back there when we go to Chicago. So oh, that's no like one of my favorite pizza places ever in the world. <laughs> Man, Lily just giving you like flashbacks to when you guys were in Chicago. Just like, oh my god, he said the name of the place. He knows it. That's why ah! you'll see me in the camera go. <laughs> yeah, I could see <laughs> that right when I said it. You're just like, no. I know. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, but that is one of the wackier facts that I've heard in terms of just the conversation that's gone off on there. I have had your dad with the substitute teacher thing. I had a uh, Theo from the band Ego Kill Talent. We got into this whole conversation about meditation after his. I still think the craziest one I ever had was I had this band from St. Louis, Missouri here in the United States called Broken Youth, a metalcore band. It was three guys and all three guys opened up their phones for their wacky fact and gave me their Tinder bios. Oh, wow. That that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it was, it was hilarious. And then they're like, well, what about you? I'm like, all right, guys, I'll oblige already. Let's open up the phone already. I said mine. I had them laughing because it was just, all I have is just a joke on there and it just, it, it always kills whenever I tell people it, but never works. <laughs> nah, too cool. But, but um, on the note of uh, my dad being a substitute teacher, the crazy thing in my family, because my, my mom's also a teacher. 
so that's where my mum and dad met at university. I think it's called it's called college in America. Yeah, but when and, you say when you like when you say university, like I know exactly what you're talking about because I because I, I like if I when I've talked to people over in like England over in uh, Europe as well, they all say university. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But it's where I went. I mean, they still call it the University of Minnesota. So it's just I've got University of Minnesota shorts on right now. So it's like, yeah, we're up in right. school. Woo. Yeah, exactly. But um, I'm actually obviously a musician, but um, when I finish school this year, I'm actually going to train to, to become a teacher as well. So it's going to be a, a big teacher musical family um, <laughs> once we're all done. <laughs> that, that is that is one incredibly like weird coincidental thing where all of a sudden your, your dad's a teacher and a rock star. Your mom's a teacher. They met while in college or at university, whatever you guys prefer that you're listening and then here's Cassidy literally following the exact same footsteps as her father, becoming a rock star and also going to be studying to be a teacher. I mean, yeah. this is just wacky. It, it really is. And I think um, growing up, my dad was cool, always like, and I'm going to sound like a little bit of a little bit biased here. But um, I always thought my dad was one of the coolest teachers at school because he would always like, you know, blast like rock music and plug the the rock scene at school and everyone was like what I, I've never heard of bands like Def Leppard and Aerosmith and you know all these really cool bands that I love and Van Halen so I don't know I think I want to become a teacher like that as well so yeah <laughs> and, then, and then you're gonna be sitting there all of a sudden it's like you're gonna be teaching it if you haven't gotten the international stardom at that point we'll put it that way but it's like kids will be coming and all of a sudden they're going to be walking and they're going to be hearing stuff like hailstorm just blasting through your, uh, your, your classroom. They'll be like, what the heck's going on? They're going to look in there and you're just going to literally be belting out the words alongside Lizzie Hale. It's just going to be like, yeah. how the heck does she have that kind of a voice? And then instead of kids going to like music class with a music teacher, they're going to end up coming to you and be like, teach us, please. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for that. And speaking of um, Hailstorm, here's a, here's a funny story. When I was in year seven, um, we got this assignment to um, make a poster of your favorite, like your favorite musical artist or band. Everyone's doing, you know, I'm a lo I, I love Taylor Swift as well, but um, Taylor Swift, Demi Lovato, uh, Pink, all these, all these, um, you know, big name celebrities. And, um, and I choose Hailstorm. And I remember my dad and I worked all night on this big poster of a guitar, like in the shape of a guitar and had all the facts about Hailstorm. And I, the next day when I went to present, you had to pull up a video and I pulled up Apocalyptic and my whole class looked at me as if, what is this? What is this chick doing? I, I, I don't understand. And it was, it was funny to me. I don't know why, but, um, yeah, everyone had no idea what I was doing. My music teacher probably thought I was insane, but I was wrapped, so. <laughs> I'll say, don't worry. I kind of went through the exact same thing, except instead of people, my or my school music teacher, my classmates, where I went to school, instead of everyone thinking I was insane, they all thought I was satanic because I went to a Catholic school. <laughs> I, like in seventh grade or year seven, I kind of had the exact same thing, but the band I chose, that's where they all thought I was crazy and really not following suit because everyone was choosing like, all those like pop artists, like I'm trying to think of who, like Justin Timberlake, uh, Kanye, because Kanye was, Akon was big at the time. And then there's me. It's just like, all right, Kevin, who are you going to pick? I'm going with Disturbed, guys. Oh, iconic. <laughs> oh, God, they, they were not happy with that, especially in like when I was in eighth grade or year eight, as other people around the world would say. I'm just, mm -hmm. here in the US, we're just weird. But 
we had this thing where it was like, okay, like one time, like once a week, we got like this like study hall period where people, you can come, if you're the person we can come, you can bring a CD, just play it, and we'll just listen to it. And everyone's bringing like Carrie Underwood again, Justin Timberlake, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was thirded, and this was like right after the Indestructible album came out, so I'm like, let's go. And I played two songs, and I'm like, I don't have to skip Deceiver because Ava Draymond just screams fucking in at one point. So I'm like, okay, let's just skip that one. Yeah. Right after Inside the Fire, I'm like, okay, let's go up and skip it. And all of a sudden it stopped. I'm like, huh, why did it stop? Yeah, the uh, the, the teacher kind of pulled it on me. Oh, that's disappointment. Disappointment. I, I was surprised uh, when we got to the second verse. We actually got past second verse. And I know there are a couple of, um, couple of swear words in Apocalyptic. And uh, in a year seven class where everyone in my class was like really innocent and they're hearing Lizzie Hale scream these swear words and my teacher didn't even turn it off. And I was like, this is gold. This is absolute gold. <laughs> I, I, probably the run of the reasons why your teacher didn't turn it off. She's like, because one, these kids are going to appear in it eventually or they've already heard it, but they're just like acting like, oh my God, I can't believe she's playing this in school. This is so scandalous. That kind of stuff. No. <laughs> or it's like, if I try and punish her and I bring this up to her parents, they're just going to think that this is the coolest thing ever. And your dad be like, I helped her with that. That's all, that, yeah. that. That's me too. You're like, I'm proud I of her. I think my dad plugged it on his Facebook that night. He was like, you know what? Great parenting when your daughter loves Hailstorm and wants to do a massive poster and present it to her class. I was that, like, okay, you did you did something right there. Oh, he absolutely did something right there. I mean, he, he like through him like he helped get you into like not like realizing what rock and roll is all about and end up getting you into music as well. I'm assuming because you know he's a musician as well. You guys are traveling the world together, so it's like okay, it makes total sense. You kind of are engulfed in that lifestyle, and if you're just like I, this is what I want to do, go for it. Why not? And yeah. I, and from when I was talking with your dad. I mean, he seemed like he's fully supportive of everything around this. So you definitely have a good support system around you. Yeah, I always say I'm so lucky and appreciative to have such a fantastic support system around me. Like even I've worked with um, like heavyweights in the industry, like Paul Lane from Danger Danger, um, uh, X Danger Danger, The Defiance. And I'm with Wicked Smile. I've also um, started working a little bit with Daddy Chicardi, the singer, and he's so awesome as well. And even um, the Radio Sun, my dad's other band, um, Jason Old's been really cool. So yeah, I, I'm really lucky to have that fantastic support system. And I think also my parents are also people that have always been um, believers in follow your heart and what you aspire to be. And hopefully you'll succeed. So I, I'm really lucky in that aspect. You are. Cause one other thing I always think about too, is, is when you look later down the road in life, like say you're like 70, 80 years old and like, you're kind of like hill up in like a house or retirement home, like just staring at the ceiling, like, Oh man, I can't really do as much as I used to. What you're yeah. going to end up doing is you're going to end up looking back in life. And instead of thinking about the things you wish you did, like I know a lot of, like a lot of people that kind of just, you know, they got out of high school or got out of college, got a university. They got that steady job. They, did the, just the classic roadmap thing, got a job, got married, had kids, just lived that kind of life, retired. They're going to, and just didn't necessarily do like go after the dreams that they wanted to go after because they wanted to play it safe. Yeah. They're going to end up looking at back at life and they're going to end up looking back with it with regret. And I've talked to people about this and I've seen it in their eyes and it is painful as all hell to look at. And it's, in, but it's inspired at the same time too, because then it's like, when I get to that point, I don't want to be looking back and thinking about the things that I wish I did. I want to look back and think about the things I did do. Exactly. 
I, I completely agree. And I think to, to have said that I um, started my musical career in high school where um, everyone was like, what, what's this chick doing? I'm confused. Like she's listening to rock music. That's strange. Like, why isn't she listening to Kanye West and all those, as you said, pop artists. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm really happy that I, that I ultimately chose to do that. And even if I did have to um, struggle in some ways and overcome some obstacles I'm really happy and excited for the future so yeah I 100% agree oh totally but and especially like going back to high school as well because I was kind of that kid as well where I was like I was always like just kind of there because it was like I never really fit in anywhere because it was like okay you know the like the like the popular kids is like yeah everyone's playing sports like I played soccer that was my thing it's like okay so they know of me but I'm not gonna hang out with them because of course, they're all doing all this stuff like listen just and like the music they're listening to again, all the pop music. And here I am listening to bands like Disturbed and Rise Against and Hollywood Undead like crazy. It's just like yeah. that doesn't fit in with them. So I'm just kind of like I was literally just like on my own at the whole entire time, and it, it it sucked. It sucked for a good portion of time. Not gonna lie, but then all of a sudden, once I found friends that I used to have like when I was in grade school, like get become friends with them again, and then like go outside of just the high school I was at. Oh my god, it was so much so much better. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, um, I've had this discussion with my parents on many occasions. I, in high school, I didn't really in a lot of ways click with a lot of the, the typical, the typical crowds, you know, like I, I was listening to music and going to concerts every weekend of, and listening to my dad's band and, you know, rocking out with my dad in the living room instead of you know doing my homework. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I do that as well, but, um, it always comes first in my dad's eyes, but if I can sneak in a little bit of music into my uh, schedule, then that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that's really cool. And I think also I was listening to, you know, bands like Van Halen and I know that is a more mainstream, uh, rock band that a lot of people know, but, um, a lot of people didn't know, know it at my school. And, um, I thought that was kind of strange. And I walked into high school and thinking, you know, people know, know the top kiss songs and know ACDC and heat. Well, not heat, but, um, yeah, I think people, it was, it was strange for me. And I think ultimately I made friends with a lot of people that I didn't really see eye to eye in music with, but we kind of educate each other. Like, I don't think some of the songs, um, one of my best friends, I just introduced him to Heat. And I was like, look, check out Eric Romwell. He's one of the best performers I've ever seen in my life. These songs are killer. You've just got to listen to it. He was like, you know what, Cassidy, this is really cool. And he's a guy that listens to George Ezra. So <laughs> there's a lot of things going on there. But I mean, that's, that's, that's cool in a way to the point where it's just, you know, you understood what you wanted to do. You understood the music that you liked and you just were confident enough where it's just like, you know, you're not going to let that peer pressure come in and dictate that you're going to end up listening to stuff. Cause that did happen to me back when I was in grade school. Cause it was, I would, I mean, I grew up listening to the same bands you did like ACDC, Van Halen. I mean, the first song I remember having a full on memory of is the dream is over by Van Halen. Cause that was the first song on this set list that my dad had that when me, him and my brother, when I was like two years old, would go in the basement with his tower speakers. We just blast music and like air guitar like crazy. And, you know, imagine me being like a little two-year-old kid just like trying air guitar. Probably looks yeah. funny as all hell. But it's like I remember that. And then like when I went from one grade school to another, it was just me trying to fit in. So I just completely stopped listening to that. But it wasn't until like Guitar Hero came out and I started playing, you know, more of the newer stuff just on Guitar Hero. That's how I got into Disturbed. So then... 
it's just that kind of just started building up more of like a distance between myself and everyone else that was around me at the time. However, yeah. it was definitely worth it in the end because it was something that built up who I am as a person and helped build up my confidence in myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I have a, a kind of a similar memory. Um, my dad would blast Hailstorm and even like uh, Van Halen Panama in, my car, in our car when we were driving to school and we'd rock up and my dad would like stick the horns out and um, everyone would look at us and be like, what? They're crazy, you know? <laughs> so a similar thing, I guess. And just having fun with it too. But that's always something that, you know, when you listen to it, it's just, you're going to have those memories over and over again. Especially every time you listen to Panama, just, you know, just dropped off at school and your dad just probably going like, Panama. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That is, that is the exact way he would react <laughs> to that song. Okay. The, well, the crazy thing too, is I know it's like if that, if some point, you know, down the line, all of a sudden I have kids I have to drop them off at school, you know, they're whatever the hell other people are playing. All of a sudden I'm going to pull up and you're just going to end up hearing like, especially in October, you're going to pull up and all of a sudden you're just going to hear Ice Nine Kills blasting from the car and just all of a sudden it's just people are going to be freaked out what the heck's going on. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be just, and, if, and I'll probably end up wearing like one of my t-shirts that has uh, uh, evil Donald Duck or evil Mickey as uh, Freddy Krueger. So I'll just freak out everybody. Yeah, 100%. I think even to this day, I, um, I'm the person in year 12 that uh, rocks up with the with the rock music cranked really loud in the <laughs> I have a, I have a little golf car which is you know a lot of people say it say to me that it's a stereotypical white girl car and um <laughs> it's a little bit contradictory to blast like heavy music in it but I'll be blasting wicked smile I know plug plug but uh <laughs> yesterday I rocked up to my um my mock exam and I was blasting uh wicked smile and Danny's just belting out these notes and people are like what? <laughs> just come up with a little car. So you just hear, wait for the night. <laughs> no, it literally was that I can't even express. It was the exact, exact same thing. <laughs> oh, I've done, I've done that before, and it's probably the best story I have from that. Like doing something like that was this when I worked at a the like the full time job I was at before the one I'm at currently that helped support this whole entire thing. What I did was like I pulled up. It was right one of my last days there, and I pull up and I was blasting the beautiful people by Marilyn Manson. And all of a sudden, somebody pulled up next to me. The guy had to be, like, in late 50s, early 60s. And, like, I could see him out of the corner of my eye, like, turn and look at me. And all of a sudden, like, just, like, the pre-chorus started. And I just kind of, like, stared. I'm like, I'm turning around like this. I just kind of turn around like, the beautiful people. The beautiful people. <laughs> it got to a point where all of a sudden, like, I walked. Like, he ran into the building. Like, he was freaked out. I'm just like, hee, that's funny. I walked in the building. I went upstairs, got to my desk. About a half hour later, all of a sudden, like, building security comes up. And they're like um do you work here i'm like yeah guys what are you talking about like they're telling like oh we heard some like somebody complained about you like freaking them out blasting Marilyn manson all of a sudden i heard my some like other people that worked around me they're like yeah that's that's definitely him that's just his style yeah that that that's the best thing i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> so if, so if, if people are ever like freaked out like like wondering like you know you're driving around like because you said it was a uh, volkswagen golf it was Volkswagen Golf, yeah. Yeah, so you're driving around and people are just like looking around, like trying to be like, like why, like why is there hard, like hard rock heavy metal music coming out of there? Blast the beautiful people. It gets oh. people every time. Yeah, that's that's next on my list. I'm gonna drive to the shops later today, and um, it's within my five kilometer zone, which is legal in Melbourne at the moment, considering the pandemic. So I'm not breaking any rules, and uh, I'll be blasting that one. <laughs> nice, already. I'm 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 very happy to hear that because. And if, if you have a video, if you like make a video of it, I want to see it because I just want to see this all of a sudden just like driving around just the beautiful people. Okay, oh, maybe. Again. 
Okay. I'll say, okay, maybe drive, maybe drive, but then have your dad record in the uh, passenger seat so, you know, we're not breaking any traffic laws oh. either. No, 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 no. I wouldn't be doing that. I'll get dad to do all the videography. <laughs> I'm pretty, and mostly because I'm pretty sure he'd be like, wait, we're doing this? Let's go. And just like run to the car. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I think I'm going to walk out of here after this podcast is finished and dad's going to be like, we're doing it. <laughs> if he if he heard if he heard me talk about it, he'll be like, "Oh yeah, we're doing this." He might he yeah, might be waiting behind the door, just like right after this is over, just open up and like have it ready to go. Like we're doing this. Yeah, hundred percent. He's gonna pull out his his phone and plug it into the golf, and there we go. <laughs> Perfect. But let's let's jump back more into your music as well, because one thing that I saw, especially on the bios, and especially from talking with you previous as well, one thing that you, two things that you're really big on with your music are both anti bullying and female empowerment. So um why are those two things so important to you when it comes to making music and comes to uh put basically delivering these messages through your music yeah absolutely i think um in regards to the the anti-bullying i'm actually an ambassador for metalheads against bullying which is um really a organization that i'm really proud and um to be affiliated with unfortunately during high school like we've discussed i was a little bit of the outcast a lot of the time and um and because of the music I chose to pursue I had a lot of people making fun of me and throwing jokes around and you know what as a kid that's not fun and there's always been times where I've come home and I I just you know what I didn't want to go to school the next day and regardless of how many I had a really really great friend in high school and I was really privileged to have that but some people don't have that so advocating for something like an organizing an organization like this if I can bring something or my story or my perspective of how to overcome these challenges that that's the main thing I want to try and help people and if I help one person you know what that's a win for me so but in regards to um the female empowerment I always I grew up um due to like wide range of music my dad exposed me to I grew up listening to people like Joan Jett and Pat Benatar and Lita Ford and I really really loved their music um I think and also to be um using that through my music and trying to portray uh, a female rocker in an industry where it is very dominated by pop at the moment um I think that's what I want to bring back and I'm really excited to be doing that and uh, following that pathway. Oh, very interesting. And I kind of want to just dig more deeper into this. I want to start with the anti-bullying thing as well, because I, mean, I talked to your dad about this as well, because he kept bringing up you um, definitely being an advocate for anti-bullying, being a part of that group as well. And I told him like, yeah, when I was a kid, like, especially in that, like when I switched schools as well, I was bullied as well. So I understand what it was like. And when it comes to just trying to share stories as well, it's just one thing I've noticed is like, it, there's a lot of times where when it comes to kids that are bullied, it's just, there's gotta be, some, there's just gotta be some sort of support system where they can go and be themselves in order to gain confidence within themselves. So that when they do face these challenges going forward, whether it's in high school, college, or even further on in life, they have the self-confidence enough to deal with those and not be, and just kind of not be afraid to stand up for themselves and basically nip it in the bud as it goes on. Cause there's times where I wish I would have stood up, but I was just too scared to at the time because I just, I just wasn't confident in myself. That was basically it. But as yeah. time went on now, it's just like anytime anyone tries to get at, like kind of come at me, like with a, try and put me down or anything. 
it's it's near it's almost impossible at this point because not only how much I've been through, but how I've learned to go through it. And I kind of always talk about that as well at times, even on the podcast, whether it's through music that I listen to and how it's just like, okay, I listen to some songs because they remind me of those horrible times, but it also reminds me how far I've come from them. And it's just like a it's like that like Superman moment we're just like, yeah. Absolutely. And I think focusing on the growth through music and like personal growth, that's all, that's also been like a really um, prominent thing in, in my life. Um, I know I'm going to keep referring to Hailstorm, but uh, I, I'm just, I always keep coming back to it. But the strange case of that album was really awesome for me because there are a lot of songs that really talked about being, you know, that outcast and that it was okay, you know, and I think um, bands like that, I, I really want to be like that. And I'm, with my song Stand, um, it is very inspired by my experiences with bullying and standing up for yourself and defending yourself, even though it is a very difficult situation. And look, there's been times where, again, I've, I've been like, had to bite my tongue and be like, should I say something here? Because, you know, there are repercussions with standing up for yourself sometimes and you could potentially get hurt. But um, ultimately, I made the decision um, through through music. I was able to make the decision to stand up for myself and defend myself, and just really take pride in what I'm doing because I'm really happy about it. Ultimately, and, and that's per- that's a perfect way to describe it too. Because for people that are going through that exact same situation as well, it's always there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. It's one thing you, you, we never know is how long it's going to take to finally get to that moment. However, if you understand that you will get to that moment. You kind of have that hope there. It's going to, it's going to help. It's going to motivate you to just keep working and gaining your own self-confidence to the point where, yeah, even if when you stand up to somebody, they might try and retaliate back and potentially you could get hurt. I mean, I've gotten in a couple of fights beforehand over stuff like this. It's happened before. I'm not going to lie. However, it's just through time. It's just, you kind of learn more about it where sometimes the people that are picking on you and then are bullying you, it's, it's there's other things that are coming from them as well and why they're doing it. So there's sometimes it, but it all depends upon how you deal with it as well. And it's all situational based. Sometimes you want to, sometimes it's best to deal with it with compassion. Sometimes it's best to deal with it with empathy. Sometimes if it's just, nothing's going through and you just, you know, it's like, and there's going to be a fight that's going to break out. I mean, sometimes that just happens. It's life. It, it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree with that. I think um, you have to reevaluate your, your situation. And sometimes, like you said, it's not always going to end up the best possible situation. And to overcome that and look at your personal growth and reflect on that is a really massive thing for myself and for many others in terms of these situations, because I have had to confront a lot of situations where I didn't know what to do. And I'd come home and I'd ask my parents what to do, or I'd phone my friend, my one only friend most of the time in high school that um, just really appreciated me for me. And I think that's ultimately what you have to kind of reflect, how you have to kind of reflect on the situations that you're confronted with. Oh, absolutely. And then when it comes to bringing this more back into rock and metal as well, and I was talking about this with your dad as well, but I think it definitely works here because when it comes to, the rock and metal community, especially going to live shows. It's something where you never see any of that really, or from my perspective, I've never really seen like any sort of bullying really happen at those shows. And it's all because we're all there to connect with the, connect with the music and connect with the bands that we absolutely love. How we connect with them is completely different, but the fact that we connect them and we get this positive reaction from within ourselves when we listen to them, when we see them, 
that's just something that connects us, gives us that full community and gives us just this full on confidence within ourselves. And it just builds up in there. And it doesn't like if you're in a concert, it doesn't matter if you're sitting on the side, just watch if you're in the, in the whole, in the middle of the crowd, or if you're like me getting thrown around the mosh pit and throwing people around as well. And at the end of the song, everyone's high-fiving and hugging each other. Cause it's like, that was awesome. All of a sudden the next song starts and everyone separates because we're going to end up smashing each other wall of death style. Like it's, <laughs> I, it, it sounds crazy for people that aren't a part of the rock and metal community, but it's it's one of the coolest things ever to the point where you can go to a show. You can know absolutely nobody. I do this all the time. I don't know anybody that goes to some of these shows. Uh, by the end, you know everybody. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much it's like, oh, you're the guy that almost broke his nose. Oh, you're the guy that had the giant cut above his eye and looks like a pirate now because someone gave him a piece <laughs> of their flannel. You're the guy without a shoe. Like, this, I, I, it, it happens. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think um, there are these lyrics in Hailstorm about, like, going to a rock show. I don't know if you've listened to that song, but they, they were um, lyrics that really um, I felt like attached to. And I grew up and I always like repeatedly would blast that in the car because it was one of those songs where I just felt so connected. And I really do believe that going to a rock show and, um, you know, um, sitting in the front row or uh, talking to your friends before it starts and you know that that um, pre-rock show feeling where, like, you've got, like, butterflies in your stomach thinking, oh, my God, it's about to start. Like, it really is a community and I'm really grateful for that. I see all the time and so thankful for the support I get worldwide and I have friends all over the world and I'm just blown away at so much support that I get for my music and... Um, what I'm doing and what I'm uh, an ambassador for. Yeah, and that support just resonates also through the rock and metal community as well because it's everyone's gonna end up helping out each other. It's I've seen I've seen shows where people have been passing out in the crowd because it's been so hot and just humid mm-hmm. and just everyone's just like some people can't handle it and they can't get out. So of course, what do we do as a crowd? Well, the uh, security personnel can't come and get them through the crowd. So um, let's uh let's lift them up and let's crowd serve them to the front because then they're gonna be able to get the medical attention they need. Or when I was at a riot fest in Chicago seeing Rise Against, it was like one of their last songs. And I want to be like, I was in the mosh. I was having a great time. But there was some some woman, she was about maybe two or three years younger than me. She was taking pictures for the Chicago Tribune or the Chicago. I can't remember which one it was, but she yeah. needed to get a better picture. And she was like, there's a lot of people in my way. She's literally turned to me and said, because I was talking for like a couple minutes before. And she's like, can I get on your shoulders and get this picture? Now, yeah. normally some random person goes up and asks you, hey, can I get on your shoulders to take a picture or something? Most, <laughs> most people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Who are you? Yeah. Me, it's just like, okay, we're at, the, we're at the same show. We're enjoying the same band. That's enough. All righty. And next thing you know, I'm like holding this person on my shoulder. She's getting good <laughs> pictures. I'm like, all righty. I'm helping. Yeah. Woo. Exactly. exactly. I think the rock community is just, it's like no other in a lot of different ways. And we do connect with music in a very different way to how people in the mainstream would. And I, I'm really just excited to be able to play a part in that, hopefully, and continue to. I think you will as well, especially taking a look at more of your music in a little bit more in depth. Because what I saw from it, especially from your dad describing it, because it's like you described your influence, like you had Joan Jett in there, you had Pat Benatar, you had Lita Ford. Uh Lizzie Hale and then there was also some other pop influence in there like pink so I'm like okay let's take a listen to some music and there's definitely that pop rock influence in there when you really listen to it so and I'll put it this way personally for myself I don't really tend to go for the pop rock style I'm more of like that hard rock punk rock metalcore kind of style that's just me though however Mm -hmm. when it comes to like again today's day and age especially with you know 
people that are, I'm going to say your age, cause I'm 25 years old right now. So it's like, I'm kind of still in that, I'm kind of still in that realm where it's like a lot of yeah. my friends are still really into what's new today, even though like I'm into what's new today. However, yeah. when it's me, what's in the new today, it's like, Hey, did you guys listen to the new fit for a King album? Hey, did you guys listen to the new, uh, salt debut? Do you guys listen to the new, like Moss of flames album? No one knows what the hell I'm talking about. They're like talking yeah. about like people I don't, I've never even heard of. And they're like, how have you never heard of them? But what ends up, but what ends up happening is, is what the stuff they're listening to, it's like, you're kind of like with what you have, you're kind of bridging that gap a little bit similar to what machine gun Kelly did or MGK, whatever the heck anyone's calling him these days what he did with his pop punk album where I wasn't the biggest fan of his pop punk style. However, I can't bash the fact that he is bringing more people back into, you know, rock music because of that. So it's totally understandable. And with your sound, especially with that pop influence in there, there's definitely that huge potential for that crossover to happen. Yeah. And I'm really excited um, with what you're referring to there, because I think um, I always grew up listening to like, you know, the eighties rock, um, uh, people was in the 80s rock scene but also um dad exposed me to people like Avril Lavigne who they really were that that bridging um person which took you know elements of your favorite rock bands from the 80s and would rock it Van Halen should and actually know Van Halen's songs you know um I think that I really aspire to be somewhat like her and uh different artists like even pink she does take elements of like you know melodic rock and i really um love that about her because i think it's something that's been absent in the scene for a long time and i hope to bring that back to um because you know rock music isn't dead it is far from dead and i think that it just really needs to make its way back into the mainstream because you know it does it is a genre like noella Oh, understandable. And for everyone who thinks rock music is dead, um, please, please let me know because I will, I will definitely once, of course, once COVID ends and you know live shows come back, I want you to come to a live show with me because I'll show you that it's not dead. I'll take you to show, like especially like I'll take you to metalcore shows where they're sold out completely. Everyone's packed in the basement, and it's just like, okay, what's going on? All of a sudden, next thing you know, Ice Nine Kills comes on. And they play for two hours. And no matter where you are, whether you're in the mosh pit, whether you're just outside the mosh pit on the, on the rim, whether you're just like up front on the side, way in the back, no matter what, you're going to have a f- absolute blast given the whole entire thing. You're going to love it. So it's definitely, and it's, and again, it's, it shows where all of a sudden, like I'm taking a look at the bands that are like in the, because of the, 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 the biggest venue here in Milwaukee, there's a ballroom upstairs. That's their biggest one. They've got a club level and they got a basement level. The show I went to about a year ago, the basement level had the sold out show, the top level did like the the ballroom they did they have more people yeah did they sell it out absolutely not yeah yeah absolutely and i think like as you said bringing it back rock isn't dead i posted this thing on my uh, my instagram story yesterday which i thought was really cool um it said uh some some little facts about um since the uh the passing of eddie van halen um there has been a resurgence in rock music and I think there, I'm really excited in that aspect because I think it really did open people's eyes on how big of an influence a band like Van Halen had on everyone. Like not just rockers, everyone. Like that, you know, everyone knows Panama. Everyone knows Jump. Besides, if you're the biggest fan, a lot of people loved Van Halen and will continue to love Van Halen. And I think it said something like, welcome to 1984 bitches. And I thought that was the best thing ever. I was like, this is iconic. 
I didn't see it on your Instagram story, but I did see the exact same post. It was like 22 of their songs from the top 100 on iTunes, five of those in the top 10. And of course, one of them being Panama. I think it was Panama Jump. I'm trying to think of the other three. I think Hot for Teacher was one of them because that song is just yeah. absolutely fun to listen to. And watching the video, I still remember my dad showed like he's like, "Oh yeah, you got to watch the music video for that." Like when I was like 11 years old, going on YouTube and they put it up there. This is like right when they're starting to put music videos on YouTube, and we watch it. And my dad just like sitting there, like, "Wait, should I be showing these kids this?" And I'm just sitting there, just like, "Dad, what the heck are you showing me?" And then all of a sudden, we're just jamming out by the second chorus. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think um, since like that was a, a massive shock to the industry, and it was horrible. Um, I think it did really in a way, and I was speaking about this with my dad the other day, the whole music, um, the whole rock music community, it stopped the day that happened. And I think it really did show, but after that, everyone came together. Everyone Everyone wanted to support each other to blast Van Halen music and everyone was enjoying it, you know? So I think it, it really did show the potential for rock music in mainstream again. Like, I think that we were, I mean, in my household, the Janevsky household, we were blasting Van Halen all day. We were looking at every single interview, um, learning different things we never knew about Eddie. Like it was just, it was a really, really cool day to reflect on the amazing life he had and how much he brought to the industry. Oh, very much so. And one thing that I always, I saw about the, the day that happened was because of course, here in here in the United States, as I'm, I, I let me check the day this interview is going to come out because I just want to make sure. Yeah, the day this interview is going to come out is the day of the presidential election here in America. So, this this is this is more political on it, but it's trust me, this I'm I'm going somewhere with this. So the day that that happened when Eddie Van Halen died was the day before I believe it was our first presidential debate and. What, and because everyone's always at each other's throats now with politics here, it's either best way to describe it was it's either my way or the die way. It's like, if you're not with us, you're completely against us. So we're going to go after you kind of thing. But the day that Eddie Van Halen died, it was incredible. It was incredible just because the response was everyone just enjoying Van Halen's music. Once again, everyone talking about their experiences through like find out about Van Halen all the, the times they saw them. It was like everyone was finally coming together again because we all had something we could come together to. It's like, why can't we just keep doing this? Why can't we just always be this one rock solid community instead of just letting outside forces just basically pull us apart? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, it is devastating when something like it was, I remember because um, last week or I think maybe it was the week before actually, um, when this happened, I, I had a, an exam. Well, they call it the general achievement test. And it's like basically this test that is just horrific. It has general knowledge, but it isn't really general knowledge for all these year 12s to kind of um, help back up their scores at the end of the year. And I remember mom coming in and she looked kind of um, like distraught. She was like, Eddie Van Halen died. It just like, you know, your, your heart stops for a minute, especially when it's someone that, um, like prevalent in the industry and he made such a difference he like redefined guitar playing in a whole different like way 100 million ways like I think even I was speaking about to dad and my dad just like we like didn't speak for the first like two hours of the day but by the end we were kind of just reflecting on how much like of a role he played 
in the industry. And I think that was a really cool way to remember him. And I thought, I thought seeing scrolling through Instagram and seeing all these different um, posts of Eddie Van Halen and the different things he'd said and the different, the differences he'd made to the industry. That was really cool. Oh, very much so. Cause even for me, like I said, like that first musical memory I had is of the dreams or by Van Halen. And like the first thing I always remember is just for when it comes to guitarists, it's like, for myself like i was like of course i'm a two-year-old kid i'm not gonna know much but i knew exactly what that intro guitar lick sounded like i remember everything yeah. about it it was that riff it was just incredible i remembered everything about it like if 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 someone puts it on for like the first like two seconds not even that first second i'm gonna know exactly I what song it is it. Yeah. And i've been i've been listening to that song for almost over 24 years at this point consistently yeah, yeah exactly and i think it's really cool when you had those songs like that i'm trying to think off the top of my head I think like a couple of things on Def Leppard's Hysteria was like that for me. Um, I just, I could pick it up within two seconds because that was something that was repeatedly played in my car consistently over my childhood. And there's this one video um, my dad took of me when I'm young and Def Leppard's playing in the background. And it says, Cassidy, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a rock star. And I was like, this this needs to be played somewhere at some time in some sort of music video. I need to make this work. <laughs> oh my God, you have to. Just especially like if, you know, as things progress, things pick up, as you get more of a following, as you really start to really gain on that not only just that, not only just, you know, that whole entire just smaller presence, but that worldwide presence as well. You got to yeah. make a music video and have that just started out and then just go into a full on like, I mean, you could go on like some full on like 80 style rock music video or you could yeah. go into something like just more, more like more standard for today, but just full on rock and just kind of in your face. Yeah. And I think um, an inspiration point in some, like in some ways for that was um, Marvelous 3. I don't know if you're aware of Marvelous 3, Freak of the Week. Um, they had a video and at the start of it, there all these different um, characters in it, uh, like showcasing like their, their dad's a firefighter, their dad's a teacher, their dad's a doctor. And then this girl comes out, she goes, my brother's a rock star. And I was like, this is iconic. That was one of the things as a child I always listened to and I looked up to and I was like, this is so cool. Well, cause that could have been like, that could have been you in high school. It's like, like show and tell. It's like, or parents say, it's like, my dad's a firefighter. My dad's a, my dad's a, my dad's a teacher. You're good. Like, well, my dad is kind of a teacher. Well, it's your dad, a rock star. And all of a sudden just come to the guitar. Yeah. And just, I, I always said that, as, um, what's it called? To my friends, they were like, oh, so what does your dad do? And I was like, my dad's a guitarist. He's currently in Germany gigging with uh black majesty that's pretty cool <laughs> they're probably just sitting there just like huh yeah i know they they had no idea what i was talking about they were like oh awesome <laughs> and then and then the next day they're like and like well you leave and they're like mom dad what does gigging mean yeah yeah 100 a lot of the time when i say that a lot of people like I have no idea what she just said, but I'm just gonna smile or not. Because <laughs> once they figure it out, they're gonna look at them and be like, "Oh, oh!" And they're gonna be asking you all about like, "Oh my God, your dad's been on the road. Have you gone the road with him too? You've been over, you've been over to all these different countries. What have you seen?" They're gonna ask you all these different stories. Like you're gonna be like, like the most cool person to them ever. Yeah, a hundred percent. But in relation to on the note of like promoting rock music and um, bringing it back to the mainstream, I've actually joined a 
a um a TV show which uh is it's called Detox TV. And I'm really excited about it because every single person has a different connection to rock music. And, you know, as we said, um, we're speaking about before, we all have that one song that inspired us and we thought, this is, this is my music, you know. And I think um, there are a number of people on that show, like um, there's Jim Ivins, which um, I had a little bit of a chat with the other day and he's super cool, super into rock music and um, bringing it back to the mainstream. Like we had a um, show in Australia that did that uh, a while back and I was watching it and Van Halen was on it. And I was like, you know what? That's really missing in the scene at the moment. Like that was what brought rock music to the stage it was. And so I'm just really excited about bringing uh, rock music back to the mainstream, hopefully. All right. Now I got to ask this question because like you said, everyone has that like one song that was like the end all be all like, this is what, this is what's part of this song that drew me in. This is it. What song is that for you? I'm going to go with Def Leppard Animal because I love that album. I'm obsessed with Def Def Leppard. Ask anyone. That's just one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, I have a, I have a little funny story about Def Leppard actually, because we missed, we missed out on tickets because I was in, um, I was actually in Chicago at the time and uh, we missed out on tickets to the Australian show because my mum had a reminder on her iPhone. And sometimes iPhones, I love an iPhone, but sometimes they can be un- unreliable in <laughs> a number of ways. And I'm not sure if it was the iPhone's fault or my mum just forgot to switch the reminder on, but we forgot. We forgot to book the tickets. They, we, we couldn't get them in the end. But then my dad came home one day from school, um, well, one day, from school, it sounds like he's a student, but he's a teacher. Um, <laughs> and he was saying, oh, my friend has a ticket to uh, Def Leppard. So I, I'm going to go see Def Leppard tonight. I was distraught. But he did bring back a Def Leppard t-shirt for me. And I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> because I, I, I watch Def Leppard all the time. I love their live, live shows. They're just incredible. And, like, that's the song that ended up, like, getting you inspired to just make sure that you were going to pursue music as your passion, as your dream going forward. And because they, they do kind of have that pop rock influence in there as well, so it does make sense. Yeah, so I think um, the, the Def Leppard hooks also um, had, like, a massive effect on what I, what I do in terms of, like, the genre I go for. And, um, yeah, I've just always looked up to... Uh, the performers in that band and I love the songs love all the materials so I think I'm gonna go with that one understandable I'm gonna match you on that and then I'm just gonna explain why I match you on that because it kind of ties it in because for me that song was always um Savior by Rise Against my favorite song of all time can't get enough of it I remember back in high school like listening to that song because like on the radio at least like almost every single day my freshman year it's just like okay 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 or like or as uh, the rest of your world calls it year nine but like just yep. driving around, I was just hearing it. My my brother, his friends, they want didn't want to listen. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you can't turn this off. I love this song. And yeah. then going forward, it's like I kept listening. I I basically became the biggest Rise Against fan off of that. And then as time went on, still like the band, end up going to see him in concert at one point, and met this one girl at that concert. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. We end up dating for like a year, but then after that happened, like like after that ended, like my mind just kind of just everything going on in my life just completely just like went to shambles. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't want to listen to Rise Against anymore because I had that connected memory. I'm like, well, this sucks. I don't want to listen to my favorite band anymore. 
So in my yeah. mind, I'm like, I've got to get that back. Like, I got to take this band back. I went to go see them live, and it was like for the it was like two hours to the point where I just didn't think about anything else except enjoying it. And I got that feeling back, and because of that, it led me to do this. So it was just like that one song has done all that, and it's completely different from your story as well. But the the key is. It's all from rock music. It's all from rock and metal. It's all from that. And it's even though we all have a that we all have one song, it's all a completely different like mindset on why we have that song. But the end all be all is it's a song that has made us pursue the dreams that we want to pursue. Absolutely. And I think even in terms of this is not actually a song, but this is kind of like a, a little turning point where I was like, yes, that's what I want to do with my life. Uh, my dad bought me, well, my, my mum and dad bought me a, a pink little guitar. And I know stereotypically girly and stuff, but um, no, I loved it. And it said Cassidy on it. And it was a little acoustic guitar. And there's a couple of photos of me rocking, you know, an Ace Frilly t-shirt with this pink guitar. And I was like, this is the best thing I've seen. But I think that was like, my dad taught me to play Smoke on the Water on that guitar, which is like, I mean, in my household, I think that was like the one song that was like, I mean, in a way, that was the one song where I was like, you know what, me learning this makes me want to pursue rock music. And I think that was probably my my point where I was like, this is what I want to do. I love going to my dad's shows. I love playing this pink guitar in my room, in my, you know, in the room with all these posters that my dad had. I remember him having like Danger Danger up there and Van Halen and Def Leppard and Kiss and ACDC and all these cool bands. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I mean, take a look at where that's led you to today to the point where you've got multiple songs, you got multiple different songs out in Spotify right now. Shoot. I completely had, I had it pulled up, but then I went to a completely different band on Spotify. So my bad. Cause there's a band I was, I was, I was, I was, I was excited to listen to this, the album that it was supposed to come out on the day we were recording this, but then it got pushed back one week. So I'm just like, Oh, okay. But I mean, That's you've been right. releasing music on Spotify for the past three years, a single every now and again. And one thing that I've seen from a lot of bands that are a lot of groups, artist bands that have started out from that point is just trying to gain some traction. You take a look at like their top five on Spotify and you always see that less than a thousand streams on each song. I'm looking at your top five right now as we're recording this. And the song that has the least amount of streams on that top five is your most recent song. But it's over two, it's over 2,500 already. Yeah. And I, I'm really excited about that. That was really, really cool to see the response to Like I Never Loved You. Because that song is something that I wrote and it has a real, real connection to me. I think um, a lot of artists will say, you know, it was inspired by one particular person, but it really does apply in this situation. And I think that releasing that song was, it's always a little bit nervy when it's about, it's so, something so close to you, you know? So I think releasing that song was like, you know, it was like weights lifted off your shoulders. Like for me, I think, that was the song where I was like, you know what? I can rock to this. I can, I love this. And you know what? And I know exactly who I wrote this about. So um, it, it's really cool. And I think it, it was in some ways a combination of people that inspired it, but I just really love it. And I'm excited to have all these people really loving it as well. As long as people are enjoying the music I produce, that that's a win for me. And 
as long as I'm enjoying it as well, which I am. Alrighty, well now give me some time to break this down because I know what you're saying when it comes to you're releasing something that you have a message that's incredibly personal to you and that, I mean, people that you know rather well and know you rather well, they're going to be able to know exactly what's going on in that song. So it might be a little nerve wracking to release it because you're basically releasing your emotions out there in public and it's like, okay, now people are going to be seeing more inside of who you are and they might end up judging it. However, I'm going to completely try and get that out of your mind with saying this because in the music that we listen to with rock and metal, one thing that I've always been a major proponent of is be as authentic as possible within your music, within your writing style, and within your lyrics and within your message. And the reason behind that is because if you're going to be completely authentic with that, you might be talking about some of the worst stuff possible. You might be start talking about some of the hardest stuff you ever went through in life. I talked with James Clark of Kill the Lights on their most on their first album, the uh, the Sinner. It was that was all it was about, and it was just something where when you listen to those songs, especially from a the listener standpoint for myself, when you hear those songs and you hear those messages, you're going to end up be able to connect with those songs a lot more because while you didn't go through what those people went through, you might've gone through something similar. And those songs give that tangible like feeling to what you went through. And if people are trying to, you're trying to describe to someone, Oh, what did it feel like to go through this? Listen to this song, listen to how it sounds really engulf yourself in it. And you're going to understand it. Then there's a connection between yourself and that band. And then you've got a fan for life right there. Absolutely. And I've always been a big believer of that. I think um, from the release of my first song, I've always uh, had a personal experience that I based my music off. And I think that is really important to capturing the um capturing your audience you know and having your audience be able to relate to the material that you produce and i think in in some ways this song i think because there was so many elements i think it was my most authentic song in there were so many elements that i knew every single line in that song meant something it was so like i could really connect to it and it was every single feeling that i felt during this whole period of trying to overcome an obstacle. And I think that that's really, really um, like it, you can see it in the song. You can see it in my performance. And I'm really excited about that to have something that's so raw and authentic out there. Yeah. Cause again, when you go see, when we all go see bands play live and they play those really authentic songs and we've listened to them, it's again, li- this is live because it just hits a lot harder. It's because you're able to have that visual with it as well. You're able just to just really feel what they went through. And then you're able to kind of relate that to your life as well and just understand everything. And it gives a new perspective on life as well. Like um, I'm going to use probably my favorite song from the year so far coming out of Australia, actually with the band Polaris, a song called Above My Head because it talks all about that point in time where it's like you're going through so much. And it just feels like you're, my- like you're in way over your head. Everything's crumbling down around you. And I listen to him like, this reminds me exactly what I went through between like halfway through 2017, early 2018, where nothing went right. And I just was just depressed as all hell. Just, it, it was just a horrible time. Even though it reminds me of that, it reminds me how far I've come since then. So it's just like, it's so, it's just so powerful with the way it's produced as well. And I've watched live videos of it. I'm like, can I see this live now? Cause that would be, uh, that, that'd be definitely be something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, like in relation to what you said there about connecting with something differently you know it may not be the same connection that the person that 
um, road it has to the music. And I think that's really cool because I've um, received a whole heap of messages that from like all over the world, which is awesome with people saying that I connect to this song, you know, for this reason, I connect to this song for another reason. And they're all extremely diverse. And I think that's like always something that's really cool to me to see how a person has used my music that I produced to overcome something that was really difficult in their life. And like you said, I think there are a number of songs for me um, in rock music and in like in other genres that I'm like, you know what, this really helped me through this period and really does show and highlight the power of music. Oh, very much so. And if anyone else wants an idea of like what are like of like some kind of song in a video that goes along with it to remind you of that power of music, take a look at Disturb's video for Hold On to Memories, but take a look at the live performance video compilation that they put together because you're gonna see so many people just so emotionally just letting basically letting everything out through when they're listening to that song. I mean, probably the, the one I remember most was there was a couple and they were holding up a little onesie that had like uh like basically like South Park Metallica characters on it. And it's like, okay, why are they holding it up? But uh, this one woman that I know, she's like the biggest strip fan I ever met. She told me that what ended up happening was like the reason they had that and they were crying stars because they had recently lost their, their, their infant. And it was like this song just, it was like the one song that reminded them that while this, they went through this whole entire thing and it sucks that they're never going to be able to see this, their child grow, become an adult and see who this child becomes. But it's a fact of the matter that you had this child for just however long you had this child for. It's just something that's incredibly powerful. Plus, if you watch the video, you'll actually see there's a bunch of people just are very emotional and crying. Except at the 237 mark, you're going to see that that same woman that I talked about. Very emotional, very getting into it. But then the left, like the right side of the screen, you're going to see one half of a face. And the person that half of the face is just smiling, looking like a total goof for some odd reason. That person is me. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome to see like things and identify things in music videos and in music that are really symbolic, like um, a number of artists that I love really do um, relate to their fans and connect with their audiences by implementing these things that are really symbolic to them. Like you said, that that um, the onesie that you said featured in that clip you know, it was so powerful and it's used as a tool to connect with their audience. And I think I always try to step out of my comfort zone and um, portray my life as, as like, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, True to it as possible because, you know, that's how you connect with your fans. And I think that is such an important aspect of music. And in some ways, some artists don't really understand that. And I'm really excited to have a lot of my music be out there and portray such a, like, it really aligns with my life entirely. And you can already see the returns on that as well. Because like you said, when you release Like I Never Loved You, and you're seeing different responses from not only just the people you know, but from all around the world, from people listening to this as well, connecting with this, and then letting you know how they connected with this as well. You are, you, you are, you've created something that is getting that kind of a response. Yeah, I'm, I'm really like, it, it is mind blowing as an artist to see how people do connect on like a number of different levels. And it makes me feel at ease and it makes me feel like joy when I see that someone has used it as an outlet to help them overcome difficult things in life because music 
on many occasions was something that I looked to and I turned to even when I did go through um, difficult periods in high school to kind of overcome the situations. And it does make you reevaluate a situation in a number of ways. So I think that having my music do that, it's just something that's so super cool. Oh, easily. And again, you're going to get those fans. I mean, the connect with you, you're going to have them for life now because of that strong connection that they had with that. And when, of course, once the COVID basically ends and we're able to go out and do live shows again, and all of a sudden you start bouncing around different parts of the world performing, you're going to end up seeing these people that come to these shows and be playing these songs and you're going to end up seeing them sing along, but you're going to just see that emotion on their face when they're singing it. And I, I got to tell you from every band I've heard from, and your dad could probably attest to this as well. When you see that on stage, you're just going to get this rush of not only adrenaline, but this rush of just enjoyment for the fact that you created something that someone is connecting with so much. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a cool thing. Like as an artist, I, I've seen that even when I've performed, like I've performed at a festival before and I've performed in Japan before and you have people come up to you and they just look so like, I don't know, in awe of like meeting you. And it, it's such a cool thing. It's mind blowing to me because, you know, I'm just a kid in high school writing about her experiences and trying to bring rock back into the main industry and to have someone relate to it that like that much it it's just awesome I think having something that significant in someone's life it just it makes you think this is this is what I want to do and it always I always come back to that oh yeah it's, it's always a thing where you can go back to it when if you're ever feeling down and out and it's like you're kind of questioning if you want to be doing this Always go back to that moment. Always remember what it felt like for that moment. And it's going to be, you're going to end up getting this like jolt of energy, this jolt of inspiration. That's like, you know what? No, I'm not questioning myself. This is what I want to do. hundred percent. And there's never really been a moment in, um, like in my life where I'm like, you know what? I don't really enjoy this anymore because I always come back to music and I'm like, this is, I love performing. I love getting up on that stage. I love feeling that adrenaline before I get on. I don't care. You know, I, I think Taylor Swift in a way like really hit the nail on the head when she said the haters going to hate because it is so true. And I think that overcoming that and seeing how much music means to you and identifying that it, it just weighs out everything else that comes with it. Yeah. Cause Taylor Swift's a good example of that. Another example for more of that rock metal style. Perfect example for that. Honestly, when it comes to just like, always like haters are going to hate, but just keep staying true to yourself. Keep focusing on your goal. And it's going to end. And if you keep working hard at it and you just focus on it, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but if it was easy, everyone would do it. A great person for inspiration like that, honestly, is Ronnie Radke of falling in reverse. Cause that dude went from like, I mean, he's gone through a bunch of stuff, a bunch of different people that have hate on his stuff. And now it's just, I mean, I, I put it this way. I've listened to Popular Monster pretty much every day since the song came out because I'm like, this song is awesome. And I've listened to even more stuff. I've become a fan of Falling in Reverse like crazy because of all this stuff. But it's just, you can really just feel like, you know, that's what they want to do with their life. They want to just keep making music. They want to keep connecting with people through music. And it's just, it's going to, if you're so dedicated to it and you put in all the work, all the time, all the effort, and you just keep going at it, eventually something's going to hit. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think I really do believe that something will pay off if you put enough into it. And that's why I'm just trying to put in my entire like soul into music because I love it so much. I love the response and I love connecting with people. It just makes me feel so happy. And um, I think even like uh, female rockers like Joan Jett, I was watching this interview with her a couple of days back and it said people said that females can't rock. And you know what? I wanted to redefine that because, and it's so true because I think in a lot of ways before rockers like, like Joan Jett, like Pat Benatar, like Lita Ford, like even now in modern day, like Lizzie Hale, Taylor Momsen, those people are what, you know, they really do are our ambassadors for females in rock. And I hope to bring that, bring that back as well, because I think that in the mainstream has been absent like for some time for a, for a little while and I think since people like Avril Lavigne and I think that it needs to come back and it needs to needs to be there and prominent in the mainstream again oh understandable because again when you're talking about Joan Jett Joan Jett's like that like when you think like that stereotypical just like female rock star you everyone kind of goes back to Joan Jett because she just kind of had that she had that rock star persona she had that in your face style and it was it worked out so well. I mean, I just remember watching like watching Shrek when I was six years old or five. I can't remember. Yeah, six years old. And during the scene where all of a sudden they're basically doing like the whole wrestling thing, like for uh, in, inside the castle, and uh, they're playing Bad Reputation. I'm just like, holy! I remember when I was six years old. I'm like, oh my god, they're saying, damn, this is awesome. But I'm just yeah. like listening to that song. I'm just like, the song went hard. It had that punk rock feel to it, and I'm just like, this is great. Just keep yeah. going with it. And then now it's like when you think of female rock stars now when they're more mainstream when you really think of it. I mean, you think of Lizzie Hale specifically. That's probably like the – that's always like the top tier one to go with. However, when you think – however, the one thing is when you think of female musicians in all of music, no one is really – like the mainstream is really gearing away from rock and metal. Like they're thinking of people like Carrie Underwood or I'm trying to think some other country artists, but I can't think off the top of my head. Or you're thinking of like hip-hop with like – uh, Cardi B and Megan The Stallion, or if you're going to more pop, you're thinking like Taylor Swift, Demi Lovato. You're not really seeing those those rock those like rock and metal uh, vocalists or front women or whoever it is in music. Because I mean, you got uh, shoot, I I can't remember the name of uh, it's gonna kill me. I can't remember her. I can't remember the name of her. Oh, this is gonna kill me. I gotta look it up though. Subscribe. Maybe I'll be able to come up with it. It's um, she's an inc- I can't remember her name. She's an incredible guitarist though. I think she's Alice Cooper's guitarist. Oh, Nita Strauss. Yes. Yes, that's it. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I've met Nita. Well, I've met her at a, at a meet and greet, and it, she's so cool. Because I think I remember it was like, for, they had like top guitarists of the decade for the 2010s, yeah. and Nita came in at like number three or four. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's incredible. I went to see Alice Cooper um, earlier this year, and I saw Nita Strauss, and one of my friends um, had a ticket to one of her meet and greets, and... I'm just hearing her story and I love hearing like how these people like their different stories on how they made it into the rock music, how they connected with it. And Nita's was like, it was no, it was no different. Like, you know, it was something that I was like, you know what, that's like me. I, I, I really loved it from a young age. I experienced um, difficulties for loving it, unfortunately, but you know what, I continue to love it. And it's, it's the passion that overrides everything, you know? 
Oh, it absolutely is. And it's like, that's why I want to see some of, like, we, I want to see not only, you know, rock and I'll get back in the mainstream as well, but see some of the, see a bunch of those fr- female fronted bands get in there as well because of sometimes it's just, you see them, it's just like, holy crap, how are they able to do some of this stuff? Like, get Hailstorm back in the mainstream. Um, Take a look at a band like In This Moment. I don't really care for In This Moment as much, but I mean, Maria Brink's vocal set is so unique in its own way, where it's just, there are so many people that really get into it, but you don't really ever hear it outside of like Sirius XM Octane. Uh, Ash Costello is another one. You mentioned Taylor, uh, Taylor Momsen. And another one is uh, Tatiana from Ginger because you get those like angelic vocals and you get like those those unclean screams where it just literally sounds like deeper than some of the guys can go. It's just like, um, y- yeah, why don't people know more about this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think like you you really um, are on the ball with the, the idea that females, um, female fronted bands is has been lost in a lot of ways as well. And I think bringing that back is something that it just needs to happen because we do need the females in the industry. They're strong and powerful and they do um, rock harder than anyone else, you know? It's just, I think that it's such a cool thing to have so many different females um, be, become more prominent increasingly because, you know, a band like Hailstorm, they're someone that inspired myself to pick up the guitar, to sing and, you know, to work on my vocal set and to, and even like the Pretty Reckless, they also had a massive impact on me. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think one of the biggest reasons why we kind of need to like, not only just, again, elevate rock and metal music, but also just like trying, like, I would say like, just see if we can, you know, bring some of these top tier uh, female fronted bands more to the forefront as well, where they, where they deserve to be instead of just kind of keeping them further back is just because when you think about it, the messages that they're per- that you're be- hearing and the messages that are being perceived through the different, it's gonna be different when you hear it come from, from a male vocalist come from a female vocalist just on the difference in tone. But that difference in tone can resonate so much differently with a bunch of different people as well. Plus, it doesn't hurt to also have you know you're having someone like say yourself like back to seven years old like all of a sudden just you know you're seeing lizzie hale it's like it's being inspired by that i mean who knows who would be inspired to get into it if they saw tatiana from ginger who knows they'd be inspired if they actually get to see maria brink more often who does get inspired if they got to see like ash costello perform and have more of that like gothic halloween style like motions what like ice nine kills has as well more on the male aspect of it so it's just it's just something where it's just if we get more attention on it then you're going to see some other things as well. And don't get me wrong. I've seen in a bunch of, I've talked with a bunch of incredible artists and bands that are female friends or all female as well. And it's just sometimes, I mean, they like a band, there's a band here in the United States. They're from Florida. I've talked with them twice in the podcast. I've seen them once live. They're called GFM or gold frankincense and myrrh. And it's like, if Paramore and a day to remember had a baby, like it's, yeah, it sounds right. like that. I was just like, and it's just like, okay, does this work? I'm not sure. You go and listen to one song. You're just going to sit there saying, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to get onto that because I love Paramore. I'm obsessed with Paramore. And um, again, that's, that's a band that had a massive effect on me and like my decision to go with a, like a pop rock edge to, you know, bridge the rock and the pop music like genres together. Oh, understandable. And like when, when I dove deep into your most recent song, of course, like I never love you. I'm taking a look at the note sheet I have because I had went through this song. Like I did a deep dive into it. I'm not gonna go super deep into it because I don't want to take up too much more time. But it's just somewhere I did like an overall, and I said this is my overall in the song. I'm like overall, 
you guys know pop rock really isn't the thing that I care for because I like stuff that's hard or rougher. Again, think hard rock, punk rock, metalcore. And I told you about that earlier. I said, but there is something here that could bring kids back more into the rock fandom because of Cassidy style. Again, think of the impact that MGK is having with his pop pump or pop punk album. Mess it up. Okay. There's my mess up for the day. Cassie can do something of the same style because she understands how to use those hooky pop rock styles and create those songs that those kids can really get into and a message that they can also really get behind. Plus, she isn't afraid to blend even more pop styles in there as well that they would like. So we'll have to keep an eye on her career for this one because we could really have something interesting on our hands and you should kind of, you know, keep an eye on it. Maybe talk to more people about it because, um, you know, the kids that are always listening to, you know, the, uh, I don't know, like the SoundCloud rappers or anything like that or, or pop music or whatever's being played on the radio. Yeah, they could get into this and all of a sudden, next thing you know, we could have the next pop punk revolution on our hands. And then that could kind of sway back more into the harder stuff. Like all of a sudden you're getting more hard rock. And the next thing you know, like thrash metal or metalcore is going to be the biggest thing in the world. You never know. It could happen. Yeah, absolutely. I completely am a believer in that. And, you know, bring rock music back to, I um, always refer to it as the rock revolution because we really need to bring the rock revolution back to the mainstream. It needs to happen. It's been absent for too long. And I think um, females and um, males working together to bring it back, it should happen. Again, it's just, we're, we're, one thing we have to remember is with rock and metal, we all like the same kind of music. We all enjoy it. We all maybe enjoy it for different reasons, but the base and the end goal is we all enjoy it. We all love going to see it live and we go and see it live. It doesn't matter who's playing. It doesn't matter if you like this band a lot more than I like this band. All that matters is that we connect with a band in some way and we're having a blast doing it. If we can remember that and just kind of everyone come together and be like, you know, we're just going to focus on, hey, let's just keep making rock music the best possible that it can be. Make no music the best possible it can be. And let's see how we can, you know, work together to get ourselves back into that mainstream role again. We can do anything. We just got to work together on it. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's it's going to happen if, like, a lot of people band together and they support artists because that is something that I'm a little bit fearful of, of, um, you know, some of the online uh, outlets taking over because I'm a really big believer in supporting, especially in a time like this, in a time where COVID is very prominent in all parts of the world, um, artists are struggling and to overcome it, we need to support them as much as possible. And when they get back out there, go watch your favorite live band, um, whether it's, you know, in 30 minutes away or if you have to drive a couple of hours, you know, take a road trip because you'll it'll definitely be worth it. Oh, trust me, I've already taken a couple of road trips myself. Took a couple last year. There was a very small show up about three and a half hours away from me this, or about a month, about two months ago. Two bands that I've interviewed beforehand were playing there. There were about mm-hmm. 50 people there, maybe, because, of course, COVID, everyone's spread out. I was yeah. one of them. I drove there in the afternoon. It was late at night, and I drove all the way back. Not my smartest sure. idea to drive all the way back there, but I'm like, well, I'm going to see them, and I miss live shows, so we're going. Too awesome. Yeah. And I think um, like people like yourself are really, um, it's, it's important. And, and I think that there are a number of people that are out there um, that are supporting rock music. So I'm really excited for the future of it. I'm as well. And one thing I have to do right after we get off this uh, podcast is I'm gonna have to go outside, even though it's dark out right now where I'm at, I can see the light sunlight coming through your shades. I mean, me, I got the window over there. It's completely pitch black outside. I'm going to go find a rock and I'm just going to write revolution on it and put it on my desk. And it's going to be the rock revolution right there. Oh, that is the best thing. I'm going to 
repost that if you send me a photo <laughs> i will I, I mean i don't know where i'll put it it might go next to something over here it might go next a little my little spencer charnis funko pop for my nine kills it might go on it might replace the tv it might go on the little end table over there i don't know i'm gonna put it somewhere though yep there's gonna be a rock revolution it's gonna be a rock revolution we're gonna have the mascot it's gonna be a rock that says revolution on it absolutely how, how punk rock is that yeah the best the best and as we're about like about an hour 20 into this and we've covered a good amount. And I think this might be a good time to just wrap this all up in a way, because we've gone through a lot when it comes to bringing rock music back into the mainstream, when it comes to uh, being a female vocalist in rock and metal, when it comes to not only bringing again, rock and metal back, but also elevating some of these female fronted bands to the positions where they could potentially really get to, but there's some things that might be just holding them back. Let's like, Hey, let's just push them up there. Let's just yep, and call it a day. Yeah. And also going to some more of the background as well and start out, of course, with that debate over pineapple on pizza. Exactly. A very, very important debate. <laughs> very, very important debate. We've got to bring it all the way back full circle. So, Cassidy, before we uh, part ways and we go on with the rest of our days, um, shoot, where was I going with this? Do you have any final words you want to say? The floor is now yours. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, check out my latest single, Like I Never Loved You, on all streaming platforms. Um, and on YouTube, I have a, a little music video that you can check out. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I think it's been a lot of fun having a conversation. Let's bring back the rock revolution. Let's bring back the rock revolution. And for everyone listening, you guys know I always do this. When it comes to finding Cassie Paris online, whether it's on socials, on YouTube, on any streaming service, you just guys want that one-stop shop. You don't want to have to go out and search for it. So I'm giving you that one-stop shop. So if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, or if you're watching on YouTube, take a look at the description for the podcast. And just you're going to see something that says Find Cassie Paris online. You're going to see the labels. You're going to see the links. I'm making this a one-stop shop for you guys. You have no excuse not to do this thank you so much you're welcome and cassie it was fantastic talking with you as well again the first combo of like father daughter that i've had on the podcast so hell yeah and one show start coming back when everything gets back to normal if you're able to come once you're able to come back over the states and play some live shows if you're around again like that chicago area because that's probably the best way to describe it if you're on that chicago area just send me a message that you're playing over there and I'm going to make sure that I find my way down there somehow. I don't know how, but you know what? If I have to walk, drive, take a train, um, hitchhike, whatever it might be. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll be hunting down that Chicago pizza, pizza, let me tell you. Even if I have to travel many hours to get there, I'm going to be rocking the place near you. <laughs> The, the only thing is that if you get that, if you might walk into like Giordano's and like, oh, we don't have, a, we, oh, we just gave away our last table. We are going to have to wait a while. And all of a sudden you're going to see me sitting there with a like, deep dish, just like. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure at that point you might be like, screw it. You're just going to run up, just take the piece of pepperoni, just be like mine now and just run away. Be like, oh, come on. I'm not going to get a hello off of that. What the heck? Yeah, probably after how many hours of being on a plane and so much jet lag. But um, you know what? You need that pizza energy to rock a rock a good show. Well, how about this instead, just to make sure that we don't go too crazy with this. So um, when you get when you guys are able to return to shows, when you're able to get if you're back in Chicago, um, how about this? If if it's with your dad, without your dad, with whoever results in the band, whatever it might be, let me know because we'll find a way. We'll meet at Giordano's, and the pizza is on me. 
iconic. That is so cool. I'm going to be holding that one to you. <laughs> nah. oh, I've, got, I've, cool. I've got a list over here of like, shoot, where's my list? I've got a list. Is it over here? It's called the first rounds on me list. I'm, it's a lot of bands. Like if I've enjoyed talking with them, I have a great time with them. I literally just saying, hey, the first time I see you guys, first rounds on me. You're going to be the first on the list for pizza on me. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm just really excited about having people like yourself advocating for rock music. It's just so cool. And I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, just keep on doing what you're doing. And I'm not going to end this with a goodbye because again, you're on the you're on the new pizza list right now. So I can't end this with a goodbye. This is going to end with a see you later. See you later, guys. Whoa, 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 folks, that was my interview with Cassidy Paris, pop rock artist out of Melbourne, Australia, and yes, it is rock music, so we are going to feature it, man, I mean, some of us are TD Rock, for rock and metal thrive, if it's got rock in it, we're going to feature it, I mean, alt rock, pop rock, hard rock, punk rock, um, prog rock, metal, metalcore, heavy metal, thrash metal, yeah, we're doing all that stuff, so I hope you enjoyed it because we really got in deep with some of the stuff. So if you like the more of that pop rock sound, please check her out. You can check out all of her stuff, all of her social, all of her streaming stuff in the description of the podcast. And yes, they we started the pizza list on this one. I had my first rounds on me list. Now I've got the pizzas on me list too. So this is going to be awesome. And that's me for me today, guys. Thank you guys for watching and listening to the Core Progression Podcast. But the MSOTD rocks for rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes with a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya!